Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hello, how are you doing? Helen from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're promoting knowledge that's engaging and transforming. And we are here to empower you, the listener, to knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around you. So you're welcome to join us in this illuminating journey. And uh, we invite you to join in, of course, always by calling in. If you want to get on the air, 347-237-5230. That's the number to call in to get your comments live on the air. Uh, we got, we're working on the, the chat room. I always have problems with the chat room, but we're getting that up. So you can join us in the chat room, blogtalkradio.com slash zero today. Uh, so get in there, share your comments. Follow us on Twitter at Prophesy, uh, on Facebook at our Network. And if you want to send us an email, follow us, uh, you know, just comment or anything you don't want to do, uh, send it to PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. That's the email address. Also, follow our blog on um, LorenzoNeal.wordpress.com. Um, so, yeah, hey, we're all over the place. And there's still, there's still plenty more room to go. Listen, I'm excited. Let me tell you why I'm so excited. This morning, I had a wonderful opportunity I'm kind of jumping ahead. Let, you know what? Let me back up, and let's start off with prayer, and then I'll I, I share my excitement, okay? So let, let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick, and then we'll come back, and, and uh, I'll show you my excitement. I'm talking a bit about uh Great. All right, Father God, we just want to say thank you for today. We praise you for your grace and for your mercy and your love and kindness. Thank you for an opportunity to broadcast this show. We pray, God, that you will just be with us and lead us and guide us into truth. Bless the callers, bless the listeners, those who are following, anybody, everywhere, all the time. Bless, oh God, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Okay, now let me share my excitement, which I'm excited because this morning, uh, myself and a few of the men from my church, New Bethel Amy Church, African Methodist Episcopal Church in Jackson, Mississippi, we 
went to uh, a local elementary school where um, some of my men have been meant they've been volunteering as mentors uh, for a very good very good while very good while they've been uh, every every other Wednesday they come and they share in the classroom uh, and with the students and it was they they've been a blessing there for a while so this morning I got the chance to go with them and. We brought some school supplies for one of the classrooms. I'll tell you, it was just overwhelming to me. I, I, if you didn't know, I, I was a teacher. You know, I was a teacher. I was a band director for so many years, and I went into administration, and uh, I worked as a um, uh, principal assistant, assistant principal, I guess you can call it, while I was doing my internship in administration, you know. And I actually did on both levels, elementary and secondary, but I always was blessed when I when I was working at the elementary school. I was just so blessed because the kids are just so honest, they're so pure, and someone was just bad as I don't know what. But <laughs> you had to love them. And so we get there this morning, and the kids were so well behaved. The kids were excited. They were learning. I was just watching them. I was eating it up. I was enjoying myself to just be able to know that we're participating. You know, we're 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 working with them and helping them in their education. They looked so good. They sounded so good. And uh, so we went to a, a first grade class. First grade class was off the chain. They were so well behaved. We passed out the supplies there, and they said thank you, blah, blah, blah. And one of my brothers, one of the members, man, he's uh, in the Army National Guard, and, and he had his uniform on. I tell you, he, the kids were just so awestruck to see the man in uniform. And... <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. It was wonderful. He went around, shook their hands. So we went to uh, a kindergarten class, and uh, when I was when I was in administration, I was working with the kindergarten. They always, I mean, I don't, I don't know where they get their energy from, but man, I tell you, I was glad when they took their naps. Okay, I'm be honest with you, because uh, the times I had to, you know, fill in for some teachers. Uh, it, it was it was it was interesting. Now I wouldn't use, I didn't mind doing it for the upper levels, you know, the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. But doing it for those lower levels, third, you know, pre-K and up to third grade, it was just oh my god. Uh, anyway, I digress. So we get into we get into the um, the classroom, the kindergarten classroom. The teacher introduces us, and I get to speak, and I tell them, you know, I was you know my pastor and. They one one guy was just looking and just staring at the suit I had on. He was just caught. I mean, he stared. I guess. <laughs> so you know, the kids were excited that we were there, and they were just you know they had so many questions, and I didn't know how to answer most of them. I just stood there and kind of looked. You know, and I I really actually for one of the few times in my life, I, I actually didn't have anything to say. And I was, it was funny. So anyway, um, you know, we're wrapping up the presentations, everyone. Even the former principal was with our group. He's not a member of the church, but he was the former, one of the former principals at the school. And he was there, and he shared, and he sang. Uh, he led them in some singing, and it was just wonderful. So I decided that I'm going to shake hands. You know, I, I guess I felt like I was Mr. President. You know? <laughs> so I, I shake one kid's hand, just one. And all of a sudden, I have about 15 kids bombard me with hands, you know. <laughs> They're trying to shake my hand. It was, it was it was just crazy, right? And then instead of shaking my hand, those who couldn't shake my hand started pulling on me. <laughs> They're pulling on me everywhere. And, I, you know, I was like, oh, my God. It's like a mic. And, and my stood there. 
I was helpless, man. I, you know, what can you say? You got a bunch of four or five-year-old kids just pulling on your, how was it, five, six-year-old in kindergarten? Yeah. And they're just pulling on you. And they just stood there laughing, just laughing, watching their pastor get mobbed by a bunch of kindergartens. <laughs> but it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I would not have traded that moment for anything is priceless. And, uh, you know, I, I, I see that we do, we still have a very, very productive future now. Because those that, that, that age group right there, the elementary age group, that's the critical age group. That's the critical age group. Critical time frame for human growth and development, you know, in every facet of their life. And, and you know, bridging them from sixth grade to eighth grade and from eighth grade to ninth grade and from ninth grade to twelfth grade, that's critical. And, and, and you know, for for our black children, much needed, needed across the board, but primarily for our minority children, uh, is it, we need to be, you know, parents do your job, step up, keep them in there, keep them motivated, and you know, community. I was glad that the men of my church uh, volunteered to do this, and you know, it touched my heart to be able to go in there and share with them. Almost made me want to get back in the classroom. Almost, not quite. All right, I, I know I talked a little bit too much about that, but I was just excited. I just wanted to share that with you, and uh, <laughs> it was wonderful. So if you have children in elementary school, I mean, hey, any school level, do your best to encourage them to stay in school. All right? All right. Hey, I, I um, <clears throat> wonder how many of you caught the president's speech last night, the State of the Union speech last night. Uh we're going to talk a little bit about that. I, I want to share something about that. But I also want to talk about um, uh, what I posted, what the initial show topic is going to be about. Uh, why do you go to church? Why do you go to church? Do you go to church to get the word, or do you go to church to support the pastor's vision? And uh, I, <laughs> I I heard this clip. I'm going to share with you by uh, Dr. Creflo Dollar, um, and I, I, I couldn't, you know, that was one of those few moments that was kind of speechless also. But I want to get your insight. I want to get your comments on that. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little later on in the show. So uh, get ready to talk about that, all you uh, folk who think I'm about to uh, put my mouth on the anointed. <laughs> you know, if I'm, I'm going to do all of that. Hey, call in. I Take it out on the air, you know. Um, let's hear it from there. And I, I'm telling you, when you hear the clip, you, 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 you'll, you'll be all right. But um, – before we get into that, I, I want to talk about uh, the State of the Union address from last night. Uh, I, pest, I posted on face on my Facebook page um, that I, I thought it was a good speech. It it was a good speech. I don't think it was it was a moving speech. Uh, it had some good points in there. I can't deny that. I, and I admire President Obama. He is one of the most brilliant speakers that uh, orators that we have in the day. I'm not saying he's the the best, but he's he's a, he's a great speaker, you know. And I I know so many of you probably caught the clip of him uh, uh, doing the little Al, Al Green uh ah <laughs> I ain't gonna try, it, but you know, he, he got a little nice little singing voice there. Yeah, I have to agree with everybody. He does have a nice little singing voice there. Uh, so, but again, I digress. Um, so here here I, I like I said. I think there were some very good points that that uh, he made yesterday in the speech, and um, but I'm 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 really disappointed because again he was uh, a large a large bit of his speech was about you know 
uh, getting us out of the mess that was created before he got there, and that's that's all nice and wonderful. Uh, my problem with the speech is again the rhetoric used in uh, getting us out of the mess. Uh, he stated, uh, for example, you know, he stated that uh, the only way for us to really get out is for us to create more government-sponsored programs. Task force mandate, you know, and now the government uh, is, you know, especially when it came to, when he was talking about education and uh, me because I'm a former educator, you know, I'm, I'm big and because I still have some student loans out. <laughs> You know, I feel for my college brothers and sisters who are struggling. Uh, I feel for you guys. I've been there, done that, and I'm still paying some. But you know, the the economy uh, is is a whole is a is a big monster, and and with all the bickering that's going on in Congress on both on both levels of Congress, um, it it does appear that. Uh, it's gonna be necessary to get us out of this rut, and I, I you know, I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I'm praying God does deliver us, but I'm gonna be honest with you. The the you know the programs, the federal programs, the government programs, the task force and things of that, they're supported by tax dollars, which further strains. Uh, you're talking about expanding government again, and I know this sounds libertarian and, 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 you know, Republican and all of this stuff, but the reality is, you know, when you're talking about putting in or executing things like that, you're talking about more spending, and spending is the problem already. You know, if you're spending more, then you're not going to, you can't spend yourself out of debt. It's not possible. Um you talking about having to create these uh, these task force, these programs, these things like that. But not only do you have to create them, Congress has to fund them. And you know, when you're talking about funding, you're talking about people's money, and that's problem. That's the problem today. The people don't want more spending. They they don't they want more programs, but they want to be able to do that, get those programs, get these things that the president talked about. They want to get them done, but they want to get them done reasonably. They want to get them done, you know. Cheaply, <laughs> you know, find a way to do it, and I, I think that's where the church comes in. I think that's where, uh, you know, the the billionaires, millionaires, and all these people, you know, that he was talking about, you know, the, the minimum uh, wealth tax and all that stuff. That that's fine. That that's good. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's not going to limit their income because if you still support, you know, their business, they're going to still be making money. So, you know, that's that's a good thing. But uh, we still have to consider. How this is going to be funded and and all of that and that's the problem that the people have and Tea Party and whoever else you know that, that's what they have and how can we get this done without spending more of the people's money and you know of course it does take money to to make stuff happen but hey it sounds double rhetoric and that's basically what it's all about so if you want to talk about that I, I'd love to hear some of your comments about that I know some people left that on my Facebook page. Um, it is what it is. I think he did a good job, and it was a good speech, and hopefully Congress can follow through with some of the things that he's implying, imploring them for them to do. And and I, I'm, I'm with him. I, I think we are better off, slightly better off, not as better off as we were, you know, a few years ago, but we're getting there. It's coming back. Confidence is growing. I think it's becoming, you know, starting to show. Um but 2012 is an important year. We'll see, you know, and 
I, you know, if 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 he if he's reelected, then he may have the chance to show his real leadership abilities, executive abilities. If not, well, we enjoy you, Mr. President. You made the first for us, and uh, hopefully somebody can come in and finish what you started. All right, I'm. I know, I know, I know. Y'all, some of y'all are gonna be mad at me for saying that, but hey, I'm not. I'm not saying get him out of office. Don't be saying I said that. I'm just saying if he should happen not to be reelected, you know. If if that should happen, <laughs> you know, whoever comes behind them, hopefully they can finish what he started. All right, we're going to take a break real quick, and when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to be talking about um, why do you go to church? Do you go to church for to get the word, or do you go to church to support the vision? And we'll be back right after this. season in years. All because so many people wanted to visit us in Louisiana. They came to see us in Florida. Nice try. They came to hang out with us in Alabama. Once folks heard Mississippi had the welcome sign off, they couldn't wait to get here. This year was great, but next year is going to be even better. And anyone who knows the golf knows that winter is prime time fun time. Sun's out. The water's beautiful. You can go deep sea fishing for amberjack, grouper, and mackerel. Our golf courses are open. Our bed and breakfast have special rates. And migrating waterfowl from all over make this a bird watcher's paradise. So if you missed it earlier this year, come on down. If you've already been here, come on back to Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama. The Gulf's America's getaway spot, no matter where you go. So come on down and help make 2012 an even better year for tourism on the Gulf. Brought to you by BP and all of us who call the Gulf home.
All right, welcome back to Zero Today with your host, me, the great pastor. <laughs> no, not the great pastor, just me, Lorenzo Neal, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I'm your humble host. We're glad that you joined in. Listen, we, we're honored that you listen in, tune in every week. We appreciate you. We want you to listen to the show, subscribe to the show, subscribe to the po- download podcast. If you missed any podcast, you can go all the way back as far as 2010 and catch up any, uh, download them. Uh, you can get them from the iTunes store as a, pod- as a podcast Catch any archive show on blogradio.com. And, uh, you know, share your insight, your views, whatever it may be for any show. We appreciate you listening. We're glad that you're here. And if you want to get your comments in there on the air, uh, we invite you to do so. 347-237-5230. That's the number to, to call to get in the, on the air. And uh, so we're going to segue into our second segment here. In the second segment, we're talking about um, why do you go to church? Do you go to church to get the word or do you go to church? To catch the vision and support the vision of the pastor. Now I'm gonna be honest. I, uh, I've been in ministry. I've been in pastoral ministry about 15 years, uh, 15 of those years, and and uh, um, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I didn't know you know as a pastor, I have a vision for uh, the local church that I serve, and 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 there's nothing wrong with that, but. Uh, but here's the catch with me, you know, because I'm itinerant elder, I'm an itinerant elder in the Methodist church, uh, African Methodist church, and that means we get moved. <laughs> we get moved quite a bit, you know. Uh, you know, yeah, I think about it, I have uh, some of my colleagues, uh, my brother and co-laborers in the gospel who, or non-denominational or Baptists, they find it hard to understand, you know. You know, we'll be at one church for a few years, another church for a few years, and then there are a few who've been there at one church twenty three years. You know, and um, but it's still the fact that we are itinerant. It doesn't matter how long we're there. We're just, we're only a pastor for a year, one year, and then we get moved. And in that time, you know, we have to be able to shape the vision of the church that is there. That uh, my last church I pastored we, uh, before I was moved here to Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, the church was 143 years old, 140 years old when I was there. And by the time you know I left, we had celebrated the 145th church anniversary. So you you know looking at that kind of time and existence and things of that nature, and the members and their parents and their families have been carrying on the tradition of that church for a long time. And then you get a pastor who wants to do something. <laughs> You get the pastor who wants to do something, and sometimes, 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 you know, they'll go with you, and most times they'll go against you, but you still got to love who you pastor. That's in our <laughs> in our faith tradition. Now, and, and then there are those, you know, the more recent trend in, in the church is, uh, you know, people starting their own ministry, starting their own church, and and starting their own church, they they you know they set the standards, they set the goals, they set everything you know, and you know they they have to maintain it. I, I you know I I, I I tell you I commend those people who step out on faith and they go out and plant churches. I, I worked as a you know I was used as a church planner when I was in college and planting churches and and, and starting your own church from scratch and you know and growing it and keeping it growing that is so difficult so difficult so i you know i, I don't want to knock anybody because you know the scripture says that you are the right vision you are the when you write the vision you are to make the vision plain so everybody can understand it and if it tarries don't worry about it because it's still going to bring god is still bring it to pass that's our understanding of vision okay that's our understanding of that's our understanding of ministry and things of that nature but uh 
when you come to a church, when you, especially you know, especially those who are babes in Christ, should they come to the church and support the pastor's vision, or should they come to the church to receive the word of God and grow? So I, uh, <laughs> y'all pretty much know where I'm going with this. So uh, just chime in in there anytime you want to. Uh, but here's here here here's well, well I was, I said all that to lead up to this clip and I probably did not um I probably could have done a better job kind of leading into this clip. What we have here is Dr. Creflo Dollar who is pastor of the World Changers Church International of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh you know, he's a televangelist, he's a author, he's a conference speaker, he's right along the lines up there with Kenneth Copeland, um uh whoever else, you know. I I I don't know all of them. Uh, but he's up there. He's pretty, pretty, pretty real, pretty well known uh, uh, Christian uh, pastor, and I, I've, I've been familiar with him for about twenty years, give or take. Watching him as a young teenager, uh, teenage preacher, you know, I thought he was different. I, I enjoyed watching him when I was, well, you know, a young teenage preacher. But, uh, last year, he made some comments, and and um, I want to say uh, thanks to. Um, Church Folk Revolution Revol- uh, Revolution Radio and uh, PreacherPimp.com, uh, not your typical Negro. These guys, uh, this this group, they they uh, posted this video on YouTube, and the video has Creflo Dollar saying to his congregation um, that you don't come to church to get the word; you come to support uh, the vision of the pastor. Now I know some of y'all probably like can't say that, and I'm taking this out of context. Out of context. Uh, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to play this clip. It's about three minutes, give or take. And when we come back from the clip, we'll have some more commentary. Here we are, Dr. Clearful Dollar. Years, but all the way back to E. W. Kenyon, Kenneth Hagen, even even Kenneth Copeland, and even in my lifetime, every man of God that tried to show you who you really were. All hell tried to break loose against him because it's the only thing the devil has that he can stop you. So, I'm going to start all over again with this series on spirit, soul, and body. I'll be able to say some things today that I couldn't say the first time I taught it to you. Uh, this is going to be a review day where I take all the messages we preach and I'm just preaching all one day. And then next week is going to be more radical. Wednesday night is going to be extremely radical. I, I can't help it that you don't choose to come to church at some times. You're still going to be responsible. You know, you hear people say, well, why do you go to that church so I can be fed? You don't come here so you can be fed. You come here to help me and tap and fulfill his vision. That is, if God called you here, you hadn't been called so you can be fed the word. Now, if you get fed in the midst of it, that's good. But you've been called to find your part in bringing this vision to pass in the earth. That's why you've been called to the church. You haven't been called here before. I came here cause I, so I can get fed the word. Isn't it so interesting how we come to church out of our own self? You didn't come here so you can get fed the word. Now, if you can get some word while you're here, that's a good too. But you came here because each of you have a piece and a part that you play in bringing this vision to pass. So if you're just kind of sitting around being fed but not understanding that you have a part to play 
in this vision coming to pass. That's why God called you. When God calls a person to a church, you're called to that church to help that pastor fulfill that vision. That's kind of shocking, but that's, that's not hardly the shocking things you're going to hear this morning. All the stupid stuff we do. You know, people make mistakes, we judge them. If you understand stuff, you understand you ain't got no right to judge nobody. Because the same person you're judging, if they got born again, going to see you in heaven. What, what puts you on top of somebody because your performance is better than somebody else's? What, what makes you think, but religion's taught you that. Religion's taught you that. Religion's taught you to look at a Christian, look at their mistakes, and then compare what they've done compared to what you do. And, and religion's taught you uh, to, to look at, to measure sin. All right, I'm, I'm stopping there. And we're going to go back and review this first part of the clip here. Now, I'm going to break down this this first part of the clip. First, he starts off by mentioning uh, uh, prominent figures in the Word of Faith movement. You know, uh, Kenyon, um, 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 Hagen, Copeland, and himself. Now... These guys, uh, they they were proponents of the Word of Faith movement, you know, the Word of Faith, uh, uh, prosperity gospel, all of that other stuff that you get, all that umbrella, uh, a lot of stuff falls under their umbrella. And so he he says that first, you know, he says that they were trying to tell you who you are. You don't need anybody to tell you who you are for one, because <laughs> because because the reality is, it, you, you know, the, get in the Word to find out who you are. Right, the word tells you who you are. You are a lamb. You are the lamb of God, uh, the, the sheep of God. You know, you're sheep in His pasture. You, the child of God. You are the bride of Christ. Uh, you are so many things. You're beloved of, of the Father. You know, yeah, yeah. You don't need. To, you know, you don't need. You don't need me to tell you who you are. You're human for one. <laughs> if nothing more, you're human. So that that's the first part of you know the clip uh, that exclusivity that all these people and and again um, there there are those who who you know under you know different teachings who would see nothing wrong with that but it, there is something wrong because a lot of people especially now let's put it within the the, the perspective of you know you just getting born again. You know, in the evangelical sense, born again, you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've been water baptized. You've been uh, you've been all of this, and and uh, you 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 join a church, uh, and uh, you you get into the church, and you want to learn as much as you can about your new faith. You don't want to be, you know, bombarded. You know, everybody, everybody, I, I've led to Christ. You know, I, I've led a lot of people to Christ personally. And uh, in the pastoral ministry, I don't know, I couldn't count the number of people who have come to Christ uh, since I've been a pastor. But, but those people, they are hungry to learn more about God. They, you know, they already know that they're sinners. Yeah, and, and you don't need to be told that. You already know you're sinners. But you want to be told, how can I be better? How can I love my neighbor as myself? How can I love God with all my heart, soul, 
mine, you know, how can I serve? That that's what you're gonna that's that's what you go to church for. And so now he says <laughs> he, he said, you know, uh you don't come to church to get the word. I, I and, and and then the people clapped. Now <laughs> I don't know what to say about that part. You know, I, I know when you when you hear you know, here's the thing. I guess from a pastor's perspective, uh, I'm used to people in my membership, in my congregation. I'm used to them, you know, discerning, discerning uh, my message. So yeah, they'll clap, but but most time when they don't like you, or when, you know, even if they do like you, they'll say amen or something like that, you know. But but you know, the people in his congregation, you know, he. They they've gotten accustomed to hearing him say, "This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what we have." You know, and my church does the same thing. And I'm not I'm not knocking that, but but then when you say to support me and my wife, this is our thing. I would have been offended just by hearing that. You know, I would have walked out. I I I could not have just sat there and you limit everything that the church does. To you and your wife, you know. You know I, I'm just saying. I, I want to hear your comments on this. Uh, I want to hear what you say. Call in three four seven two three seven five two three zero. Um, I, I, it's so, so much I, I tried to wrap in my head about, but uh, I'm gonna come back because I we want to put this in the context of scripture here. You know, what is the what does the scripture say about pastoral support? What does the scripture say about pastors' visions? All of that. So we we're, we're gonna take a short break. And when we come back from the break, then um, we'll come back from the break. What we're going to do is, you know, go to the scriptures. I want to hear your calls. I want to get you in the chat room. Uh, Whatever you have to say, let's hear it. We'll be back right after this. at Jackson Hewitt and just found out how much he'll be getting back this year. Boy, is he happy there in the neighborhood. Want to feel as excited as Steve at tax time? Jackson Hewitt's How You Do It. No one gets your money faster. We have refund anticipation loans and you can pay nothing out of pocket. This was the golf's best tourism season in years. All because so many people wanted to visit us. In Louisiana. They came to see us in Florida. Nice try. They came to hang out with us in Alabama. Once folks heard Mississippi had the welcome sign off, they couldn't wait to get here. This year was great, but next year is going to be even better. And anyone who knows the golf knows that winter is prime time fun time. Sun's out. The water's beautiful. You can go deep sea fishing for amberjack, grouper, and mackerel. Our golf courses are open. Our bed and breakfast have special rates. And migrating waterfowl from all over make this a bird watcher's paradise. So if you missed it earlier this year, come on down. If you've already been here, come on back to Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama. The Gulf's America's getaway spot, no matter where you go. So come on down and help make 2012 an even better year for tourism on the Gulf. Brought to you by BP and all of us who call the Gulf home. Time to be in a long time. 
tracks dirt. Used mops can push muddy water around. Swiffer Wetchet's new upgraded solution helps prevent streaks and residue to reveal more shine than a mop or your money back. You're it was the best day. It was the best day. We make a great pair. Great pair. Progressive. And the great outdoors. We make a great pair. Right. Totally. Uh, that's what I was thinking. All kinds of vehicles, all kinds of savings. Multi-policy discounts from Progressive. Call or click today. How much money do you need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen, who needs to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six-figure income, and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business, bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. Incomeathome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So, how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit Incomeathome.com right now for your chance to win All right, welcome back to Zero Today. Again, glad that you guys joined us today. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We're talking about going to church to support the church to put to support the pastor's vision or to get the word. Um, and I played your clip from Creflo Dollar. I'm, I'm gonna play that clip again so you can hear uh, those of you who are joining us uh, uh, for the first time. Um, I'm gonna play this clip one more time so that you can hear the words that uh spoken. Now, before I play this clip, uh, I, I want to share. The, uh, I I listened to the message in its entirety. I actually went to Creflo Dollar's website. I downloaded the uh, podcast so I could hear it in its entirety, within the full context of the message. And you know, I, I was disturbed by the, the entirety of the message, not just this this uh slide that you're going to hear. But I, I want to play this one more time so you can get an idea. And then we're gonna we're gonna answer the question about scripturally supporting the vision. Is there a difference? Where does it come? When does it become manipulation? And does this fall under manipulation? Years, but all the way back to E.W. Kenyon. Kenneth Hagen, even even Kenneth Copeland, and even in my lifetime, every man of God that tried to show you who you really were, 
all hell tried to break loose against him because it's the only thing the devil has that he can stop you. So, I'm going to start all over again with this series on spirit, soul, and body. I'll be able to say some things today that I couldn't say the first time I taught it to you. Uh, this is going to be a review day where I take all the messages we preach and I'm just preaching all one day. And then next week is going to be more radical. Wednesday night is going to be extremely radical. I, I can't help it that you don't choose to come to churches sometimes. I, you're still going to be responsible. You know, you hear people say, well, why do you go to that church so I can be fed? You don't come here so you can be fed. You come here to help me and tap and fulfill his vision. That is, if God called you here, you hadn't been called so you can be fed the word. Now, if you get fed in the midst of it, that's good. But you've been called to find your part in bringing this vision to pass in the earth. That's why you've been called to the church. You haven't been called here before. I came here cause I, so I can get fed the word. Isn't it so interesting how we come to church out of our own So You didn't come here so you can get fed the word. Now, if you can get some word while you're here, that's a good too. But you came here because each of you have a piece and a part that you play in bringing this vision to pass. So if you're just kind of sitting around being fed but not understanding that you have a part to play in this vision coming to pass, that's why God called you. When God calls a person to a church, you're called to that church to help that pastor fulfill that vision. All right. Uh, all right. Now, yeah, yeah, again, that that's a mouthful. That's a mouthful of what he said. I mean, he uses one word called and then he he says he uses the word vision. Now, those those two words tricky, you know. Uh it's assumed that once you're you, you know, I may be reading. I'm not trying to read much, too much into this, but y'all can help me out. It's assumed that you know you are you are called to be at a specific church. You sit nowhere else, and that if you don't go to church, you're gonna be you know you're missing out on some things like that. I, I don't know. I I got a call. I'm gonna take this call, and I know this person has a a lot to say. So uh, let's get this person uh, call on there. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I, I well, I won't say too much. It's really interesting. Um, I listened to, I listened to this clip maybe a week ago, and listening to it again today has caused, I guess, a question to arise in my mind, and that is, are we exalting the concept of being a visionary leader above the idea of being a pastor? Is that not enough? Because the scripture is very clear about what the role of a pastor is. There's one passage of scripture, Jeremiah 3.15, and he says, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Spiritual food is the word of God. So if that's the job of a pastor, then we should expect that when we come to the sanctuary and the pastor takes the podium, that we should be hearing the word of God. That is how we are fed. And it is a reasonable expectation of a congregation from a pastor, of sheep from a shepherd. And then Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And everything about his role as the good shepherd has to do with what he does for the sheep, not the reverse. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I, I really, I'm beginning to think that so much emphasis is being placed on, you know, being a visionary 
which, of course, is necessary without a vision. You know, the people perish. But we are so many things in God. We are not just, you know, gifts. We're not just fivefold ministry. We are also body parts. And in that sense, there, there is an equality or an interdependence. We have to work together to get certain things done, but it's not about exalting any individual part. It's about okay, all let me let me ask you this question. Okay. okay. Now he used this term vision quite mm-hmm. a bit. And, mm-hmm. and and I I think he used it incorrectly or inadequately. Okay. Uh, because uh in in terms of leadership when you're talking um vision when you're talking when you're talking vision, someone in the chat room just says that was an excellent comment comment by the way. Uh Thanks. <laughs> when you're talking vision, you are you talking about um Future. You're, you're talking about getting a picture of the what is possible. Okay, that that in, in terms of leadership and, right. and particularly church administration, that's right. what the vision is for. The vision is to get the people to see what is possible for the church. Now, in the context that he's placing it, he's specific was my. You know, he said his and his wife. Right. So that leaves out everybody else. That leaves oh, out a church. That. <laughs> that leaves out the church board. That leaves out the members. And that's why I would have been offended. I mean, you just told me the only thing I'm supposed to help you do is get what you want done. Well, and I, there's nothing in there for me. I think contextually the expectation was that his members would understand that their vision is all-inclusive. You know, as an outsider looking in, I probably would take offense to it. Excuse me, but because he is because he is their pastor, and they're accustomed to the language, they understand. You know, the unspoken. They got. They got. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm I'm glad you brought that up, and and this is a, this is a good thing because uh, contextualized character vision, contextualized characterized vision, is mm-hmm. what is. Becoming common, and you right. know, yeah, and and I say this because and see, I'm an itinerant, I'm an itinerant pastor. I mm-hmm. get moved, so right. which means, which means that every church I go to, the next church I go to, the vision that I have here at this church will not be work. It may not be applicable both to the the next church I go to. Exactly, and, and those people will were there before I got there, and will be there after I got after I leave there. Exactly, and. And and so when you say when the, when you put it in that context, yeah, his folk understand it. But you know, what if they leave and then they go to another church, <laughs> and they've been I'm, I'm going to say they've been brainwashed to believe that okay. they're not getting, you know, the, the pastor system may be different. And right. I get this all the time. You know, people come visit my church, and they get lost because when they interact with me, they. You know, I'm a preacher, but when they come to the church, you know, there's there's this there's this great sense of confusion to them because the preacher it, it seems like the preacher doesn't fit the church, you, you mm. know, as as far as the worship, as far as mm-hmm. you know, they they're looking for some on the bridge out you know out of out of way out kind of worship you know that they're familiar with, and then they get they come here and they get the somber you know institutionalized. <laughs> Worship, and they feel out of place, and then here comes the word, and the word seems 
it falls in place with you know it falls in place with the worship the liturgy and all that stuff but it just seems out of place to them because they like the word doesn't the worship and well i i i, I could go on and on about that <laughs> uh, one person in the chat room wrote this the bible doesn't call us to help the pastor's vision but God's vision for the church. And, and you know what? That is a great point right there. Uh, pastor Greg, Patriot Greg, that's a great point. We are not called, even as a pastor, I'm not called as a pastor to uh, to create a vision that's going to make me look good. And, right. And, and I think that's the problem. You know, you have, you have people wanting to be Jake's. You have people wanting to be Dollar. You have people wanting to be like them. And so they're creating visions to help them be like that. Unfortunately, you know, most of these churches, that's what they're, even in my, <laughs> even within my, my great Zion in African Methodism, we still have people who are trying to imitate instead of being led by God. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying, I'm comfortable exactly where I am and I'm comfortable doing what God, and, and maybe it's a little arrogance on my part, but, you know, I've been placed by where God wants, I've been placed where God wants me to be. Well, and, I- just one last thing I'd like to say. I think one of the challenges of our age is that so many of our um, specifically high-profile religious leaders are also, you know, motivational, inspirational speakers. So oh, wow. we have to differentiate that from being a pastor because that visionary aspect may have more to do with you as a speaker and not God's leader of his congregation. Can get into a whole lot of things there, but... <laughs> yeah, you really could. I mean, because here, here, and from my perspective, this is why I see when you start saying vision and when you start saying support me and my wife. Well, I'm thinking about you know, <laughs> I came out the Baptist church and I'm in the Methodist church, and the first thing that comes to mind when you talking about supporting the pastor is you know we got to pay. Him. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know, we I have a hard enough time negotiating my salary and housing. <laughs> And, and you know, somebody asked the question. So, you know, when you talk about supporting the vision, if I, I and I, I know they have a great, a lot of great things going on at World Changers. You know, I, I praise God they got the church built debt free, no money. You know, and that's awesome. That's wonderful. They're active, engaged in the community. They have arrow records. They have, you know, they have all these great things going on in the community. But the question is. And maybe he's contextual, and maybe should uh, contextual. If he knows that everybody, you know, his general listening audience does not just is not limited to his congregation. You know that that's part of the problem. Um, uh, you know, I, I think he was just limiting it to his congregation. But then you go, if you're going to broadcast it worldwide, then you have to assume that uh, it, you know, is is greater than your limitations. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna take this next caller. I appreciate your call. Thanks for calling in. Uh, appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right, next caller, you on the air? Yes. I um I think the concern that I would have from the from the comment is that you're putting um the word of God as secondary because I think that should be the main reason that we are going to church and that once you start talking about I you start removing God from it. I think that's one of the things that the the um clip um, pointed out to me because how can you lead people to yourself and not to the scriptures? And that's I think that's one of the challenging things I have with when we start talking about um, the media and those that are in ministry. Like you said, 
um, they are, what's happening a lot is that people are taking what they see on TV and trying to duplicate it, and it's not really what God called them to be, so that's why they're not seeing the success. So they get frustrated with the people, and they become taskmasters, and they expect the people to exactly. um, have all these um, expectations on on the people. So that's one of the things that I, I noticed, um, that people with a lot of emulation in the, in the church these days. I, I, I go back to, uh, I'm going to draw from the scriptures here, in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, uh, you know, it talks about, it talks about, it's a lot in that chapter. It talks about when you're babes and you, you get milk and then, mm-hmm. you, so at, you know, at this point, you know, we should be those who are mature, desiring meat. And it's about 30,000 in one congregation for one. 30,000 people in one congregation. And uh, how many of those are really seriously hoping to get a word that will empower them and change them? Mm-hmm. And then the to have your pastor, the very one who's supposed to be giving you that word, say, you're not here to get a word. You're here to help me do what I want to do. I mean, that yeah, in I, itself I, is offensive. But, you know, it happens even in small churches. I remember there was one church I, I visited in my local oh, yeah. area, and um, it, it had to be no large and almost maybe a, a, maybe a hall, I'll say that, um, maybe 150, 200 people in the, in the pastor. Anthony just had a... a Pastor's anniversary, and it was just—I guess it must have been the worst <laughs> one he had. And he got up, and it was almost like a little kid was pouting. And he was like, "Next year, I want ninety thousand dollars. I want a thirty thousand dollar watch, and I want X, Y, and Z amount of dollars." And I'm looking at—I'm looking at the place. It was kept up nice. So I'm like, "You're looking at this place, and from what I'm looking, at, I'm like, how can you put this on the people? And this is all for yourself. Is this what the job is for?" And I mean, I was really disappointed because of the preacher that I really. Um, liked in the local area, but to see him up there, he was almost pounding like a spoiled brat, saying, you know, this is the amount of money I want. And I'm like, you don't own this building. This is a little storefront. You're demanding this of these people. This is ridiculous. So, I mean, it happens even in the small churches. But oh, it, it, it's, it's actually churches. I've been, like I said before, I was a church planner, and I, 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 uh, I planted churches, and I helped pastors start churches. Um and I, I've been around those pastors that, you know, they want to drive back this in the nineties, in, in the late nineties, and the Lincoln was the Lincoln Town Car was the car, uh, you know, aside from the the Cadillac. If you couldn't afford a Cadillac, you got the Lincoln. <laughs> and I was at I was at one pastor's appreciation, you know, and uh, actually uh, uh, he, he he you know he had expressed that he wanted a new car, he wanted a new car, so. The congregation bought him a new car, and when they bought him the new car, it wasn't what he wanted. <laughs> oh and Lord! He blasted the people. <laughs> yeah, but a uh, few years from now, y'all gonna be getting me right. Y'all gonna have me riding in such and such. And I was like, oh my God, he didn't just not. He didn't just say that to his people. I was like, yeah. oh my God. And, and mind you, the church there was no. I think the whole membership of the church was about maybe a hundred, maybe two hundred. If that, oh, it was wow. very small, and they—I mean, they literally because you know I wanted to be a blessing to the man of God. But come on, if you go complain about getting, and I—I I think about Paul. You know, Paul writes to Corinthians and said, and he tells him, "Say I didn't bit, I didn't take anything from you when I was there. I did my own job, and I—I I supported my own way." 
But while I was supporting my own way, the people in Macedonia were helping me. You know, these people mm-hmm. yeah, sure, these these people actually gave money. Philippians, you know, they gave money for me to be where to do whatever I did. And if I'm getting that wrong, theologians, my bad, you know, sometimes even as yeah. a missionary and I forget and I get it mixed up, so it may not be Macedonia. <laughs> it's in Second Corinthians and First Corinthians. Y'all read who supported them, okay? But mm-hmm. the point was Paul said I, I, I'm not trying to be a burden on you while I'm here, but at the same time, this other church, this other group is burdening themselves to support me. Yeah. And, and and I, you know, I, I I'm glad that they're doing it. And then he then he, in Second Corinthians chapter nine, he, he really goes off and said, "But y'all could do a little bit more to support me, and and there's nothing wrong with that, and because you're gonna be blessed, you, you know." And he said, mm-hmm. "You know." He said, if, "If you sow, if you reap, you know that's that's good, and, that, and God will bless you and, and increase you in doing so. He'll make sure that you are taken care of if you support the work of the ministry. But you know, I I think that largely we have, as pastors, we've gotten greedy, and it's capitalism. You want to see capitalism and free market at its best in the country? Go to a church." Sad but true. Go to a church and you will see the economic system how it's supposed to be. You know, you know, mm. the political system is messed up, but in church we got it going. We we're walking at capitalism because we know how to make money. <laughs> yeah, we do and spend it. <laughs> and, and exactly and spend it. You know, and and. I go back to the vision. There's nothing wrong with having a vision. I, I, you know, every church I've pastored, I've written a vision for them, whether it was a temporary vision or a long-term vision. But, you know, and I'm telling them, so this vision is to help you all, you know, to go forward and do the things that you want to do, that you may not have been able to do before, but it will get you on task to be able to do that so that you can be a blessing to your community. Now, if he's saying it like that, then go right ahead, brother Creflo. Go ahead and do that. But from from his demonstration, you know, you got a jet, you got a church in New in New Orleans. I mean, New York. You got satellite churches. You have all. Uh, uh, to me, you start to talk vision. It start talking about greed. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and within that sense, you know, like my church. You know, when I talk vision, uh, I'm talking. I see a community that's impoverished. And the vision for this church is to be able to be able empowered, to be empowered to help that this community. That's my that's what I talk about vision. So the money that we come into the church that the you know when they bring the tithes into the storehouse, it'll be meat in the house. That actually means that we got stuff to give out to help, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's what we do. All right, Paul, wow. I appreciate it. we're about we're running out of time, and I Thank really you. appreciate you all. Thank you for calling. Uh, look, this has been a great show, guys. I, I appreciate everything. Uh, make sure that you, uh, you, if you missed the broadcast, you can catch it on the archive show. I, I, I need you to follow the show, help my show grow. We're trying to do great things, and we have so many more topics and guests coming in. So like the show, follow the show, follow us on uh, on Twitter at Prophesy. Follow us. Join the Facebook uh, uh, Do all you can to help. A great thing, and I'm not doing it for pride. I like to, you know, I, I enjoy what I'm doing, and I appreciate you guys helping me to use the talent that God has blessed me. And I'm not, you know, however He blesses you in the process to do so, we are grateful that He does. So, until next time, we want to say thank you for joining, and we appreciate you. Uh, and 
Uh, next week we'll be talking Black History, so we want you to come out and know it.